When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. WPE, nothing personal word of the day. Today is Tuesday, July 6th, 2021. WPE stands for worst plan ever. When teams make it to the finals of a sport, to the Super Bowl, to the NBA finals, or to the Stanley Cup, for whatever strange reason, it has become custom that mayors of the cities playing for the championship in whatever respective sport make some sort of foolish bet. Like I bet the Bucks and the Suns who start tonight, maybe their mayors are making a bet. And if the Bucks win, then maybe the mayor of Phoenix has to drink an entire case of Miller Lite. But if the Suns win, then the Bucks mayor has to plant a cactus right below his toilet. Something like that. When Miami is in the finals of something, World Series or NBA finals, and they win, then the opposing team's mayor has to eat like 59 empanadas and drink a quart of Cuban coffee. And when the Yankees win, then the mayor has to eat corned beef. So that's just common. I never understood it. I think it's silly. If you're going to wager, either do a dollar, which is my favorite wager. That would be great, right? What are you going to bet? A dollar. But sometimes mayors, when they're... Coco, sorry, man. We're one minute in. We didn't prepare for this. I was just thinking about what happened when the Marlins were in the World Series in 03, and I was dealing with the Miami mayor, the city mayor, and the county mayor. At the time, the county mayor was a guy named Alex Pinellas, and the city mayor was a guy named Manny Diaz. And they came to New York and they wanted to be on the field. They wanted to sit in certain places and we had to keep track of where they were sitting because one wanted better seats because they were the county or the city. And then once the team won and they wanted access to the fields, so their security guards were talking to me about getting them on the field. It was a whole thing. So mayors get involved. Because, of course, when teams win, it's really good for the city, regardless of your view of public financing of stadiums, regardless of your view of sports and whether or not you like hockey or like basketball or like football. When you are playing for a championship, your city is brought into the national and international spotlight. And when you win, but if we win, said Jay Trotter, well, it's happening right now in the Stanley Cup. There's going to be wagers. We've got. Tampa playing against Montreal. So happy the Canadians are in the Stanley Cup. I want them to win. Tampa's trying to defend the Stanley Cup, having won last year's cup, trying to defend. But I was struck by something that Mayor Jane Castor said of Tampa. 
So Tampa is a city that's trying right now to figure out how to get the, the Tampa Bay Rays. They're trying to get a new facility in baseball. They've had a very successful run with the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now the defending Super Bowl champions. It is really a good time. The, the Rays were in the World Series. It's just, it's a really good sports town, shockingly, despite attendance, woes in baseball, et cetera. So Tampa wins game one. They win game two. They win game three. You have to win four games to win the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup is the greatest trophy in sports. It's better than the NFL Lombardi trophy. It's better than the Larry O'Brien trophy in basketball. It's better than the World Series trophy. It's the Stanley Cup. Super, super cool. If you ever go to Toronto, by the way, go to the National Hockey Hall of Fame. They've got so many great things. You can look at Stanley Cups, et cetera. Anyway, so Tampa's up 3-0. You have to win four. They're about to win the Stanley Cup. And it's very rare, not impossible, but very rare to come back from down three games. So it's looking like the Canadians will not win the Cup. So everything's going fine. Everything's normal. But then Jane Castor says something very interesting that has come up, the mayor, that has actually come up in clubhouses before. She said... What I would like is for the Lightning to take it a little bit easy in game four. Give the Canadians just the smallest break, she continues. Allow them to win one at home because then we can come back to Tampa. <laughs> this can't be real, but she said it. Come back and win the Stanley Cup at home. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but the Lightning are playing some amazing hockey. Do you know what a Kenahura is? I don't even know the etymology of a Kenahura. I think it could be Yiddish, but it could be anything. It's when you like put a jinx on yourself. So of course, last night, game four, the game goes to overtime. Montreal has a one nothing lead, Tampa ties it. It ends up going to overtime and the Canadians win. So the Stanley Cup's going back to Tampa. Mayor Jane Castor is super excited because the Lightning are gonna win in five games. There's one thing that you do when you are running a sports team, you don't mess with the sports gods. I'm not the most religious guy in the world, but there is something known as the sports gods related to the traffic gods. Sports gods and traffic gods are first cousins. Maybe it's the same God with two different issues. Although I never understood why God would have an interest in a player playing well or having a pass go a certain way or making a three-point shot. Thank God I made that three-point shot. I want to thank God. I appreciate people who are religious. I just don't quite understand there's so much bad in the world. Like why focus on whether you're going to get the game-winning hit when there's hunger and poverty and crime and murder and accidents and all sorts of other stuff. But I digress. I have no idea what I was just saying when we were talking about thanking God. In any case, oh, the sports gods and the traffic god. So the traffic god is when you're traveling somewhere and you say, wow, this is great. Like when you're going to Long Island from New York City, let's say, or when you're going to somewhere in LA from somewhere else and you say, wow, the 405 is moving. That's screwing with the traffic gods and there's gonna be an absolute traffic nightmare ahead of you, guaranteed. Hey, there's no traffic on the LIE. That's famous for people who live in the Northeast or in New York. Hey, the mass turnpike looks good. And then all of a sudden it's not. Sports gods, same thing. 
when we would have guests with us watching baseball games, whether it was in the owner's suite or where I watch games or in the GM box or wherever, there's something that we would say before the game started. You may never, ever articulate out loud. That may be redundant. Can you articulate something quietly, Coca? Did you hear me just articulate that? I just finished the segment. I think you have to articulate out loud. You can never say, wow, this game's going quickly. How great is that? Look, we're ready in the fifth inning. It's only been an hour and 10 minutes. You are guaranteed to have a three and a half hour, 12 inning game every time. So you're not allowed to say, hey, how great is this game going? There's another thing you don't say. You don't mess with the sports gods by saying, you know what? Let's just give them a break. Let's lose a game. Let's not try. Let's not pitch our best player, our best pitcher. Let's not play our top two starters. Why don't we do some load management? We're up 3-0. Lesson I learned long ago. When you have a chance to close out a series, you close it out. It doesn't matter if you win on the road. It doesn't matter if you win at home. No one remembers that. Quickly, where did the Bulls win all six of their championships? Hurry up, rattle them off. What about the Warriors? Where did they clinch their back-to-backs? Do you have any idea? Do you remember where the Astros were when they clinched? How about just last year's NBA? Ah, that's not, that totally doesn't count, Coca. It was in the bubble. Who won the NBA championship the year before the bubble? That'd be 2019, Coca. I don't have the first memory. It could have been the Warriors, but I don't think they won it. The year before the, the um, uh, Lakers won in the bubble, Toronto. Where did Toronto? Oh, God. How perfect is that? Where did Toronto win? I don't remember either. So the reason why it's the worst plan ever is when you're up 3-0 and you say, let's put on the brakes and then you lose game four and you're up 3-1. What happens in hockey? What happens if the Canadians win game five in Tampa? It's 3-2. They're going back to Montreal. All they have to do is win one game at home to make a 3-3 and in hockey game seven, as you know, ACH. Anything can happen. If I'm the president of the Tampa Bay Lightning and I see what the mayor has just said, I am very clear on one thing. I walk into my locker room and I say, boys, men, boys to men, (laughs) win tonight, please. Let's travel home with the Stanley Cup on the plane. We'll drink out of it on the plane home. Let's win right now. Don't give these guys an inch. Jane Castor doesn't know better. I wonder if Tampa, though, lost the game purposely because they wanted to win game five at home. Well, I'll tell you right now, I've never rooted harder, never, for Montreal to win game five and game six and make Jane Castor sweat because, believe me, she will. Worst plan ever. Don't give away a game when you have a chance to win and clinch a series to say nothing of a Stanley Cup. For those of you who watched the show yesterday, the show started, and just so you know, when I and Coca, when we tape, we go live to tape. So every day we do 45 minutes, and there's no editing. So any mistakes I make, any problems, any issues, it's part of the show. We want you to see what it's like to just do 45 minutes straight on any topic, 
and things come in my head. Coke and I prepare. You know this about nothing personal. If you're new to nothing personal, the day before a show, Coke and I prepare what's called a rundown where we look at some potential topics to talk about. We talk the night before, we narrow it down. Then we talk the morning of the show and come up with the final number of topics with a general number of minutes per topic. And then I just start talking. I don't have a prompter. There is no script. I just have an idea because Coke and I have discussed it, what I'm going to talk about and how many minutes it's going to last. But as you know, or if you're new to the show, you're going to find out things just come into my head. And that is what nothing personal is after working in baseball for 18 years and being, you know, 53 years old, having lived a little, I just have stories in my head. I have things that I want to talk about. I do a mind association. So yesterday was the episode July 5th. And I didn't think what would come into my head. We were talking about July 4th. And I didn't think what would come into my head is what happened to, uh, oh God, Coca. Is it Jason? Pierre Paul? I don't think that's his name. Oh, it is. Uh, the player for the New York Giants who had a fireworks accident on July 4th and he lost part of his hand, some of his fingers. And I said, I hope we don't have another JPP incident because that would be tragic and I wouldn't <clears throat> want to get that. And I wouldn't want to get that call as team president, because I've gotten a call like that. I had no idea at the time that we taped the show yesterday, that there had been a tragic accident. I had no idea that Matisse Kivlenix had been killed. So to his family, to his friends, to his teammates, to the Columbus Blue Jackets organization. I couldn't be sorrier about what happened. And if you don't know, here is the story. He's a 24-year-old backup goalie for Columbus. He played in two games last year. Fireworks were, he was at a private party. Fireworks were going off. And apparently there was a misfire of a major firework. And the mortar from the firework or a mortar blast hit Matisse in the chest and killed him. Matisse Kivlenix was 24 years old. They did a moment of silence before the Stanley Cup game. For the life of me, I am anti-fireworks. I want to say that from the get-go. I am not anti what they represent. I am anti the fact that when you put a deadly instrument in the hands of drunk amateurs, there is a chance for an accident. There are companies you can hire who can do a fireworks show for you if, that, if you are so inclined to do that. But every July 4th, there are parties, there are private parties. People go to these stores where you can buy fireworks. And if you're rich, you can buy a lot of fireworks and you can buy a lot of serious fireworks. So Matisse was at a party in Michigan and it was happened to be the party of someone else who works for the Blue Jackets, one of his goaltending coaches, I believe. And you can imagine the type of party it was. And I'm not risk averse. I like skydiving. I like climbing things, doing things, 
going to the limit. Sometimes the vertical limit, sometimes the horizontal limit. But I do it in a way that I feel that I am in control. And that if I'm too close to the edge, no pun intended, I'm going to walk back. But when you put yourself in a position to be at a place where people are doing things that could be deadly to you, I think it's a mistake. But everybody does it. No matter where you go on the fourth, five out of 10 parties, six out of 10 parties, you go to a beach somewhere where people are setting off their own fireworks. Every year accidents happen with fireworks and every year we don't learn. And the argument I hear is every day there's car accidents, but we still drive. Every day people choke on food, but we still eat. I get that. I view eating and driving and flying and cycling. I view those slightly differently than playing with explosives. Fireworks are explosives. Would you let your child or would you let someone who doesn't know how to deal with explosives go and try to disarm a bomb? Fireworks are bombs. That's what they're doing. They just glitter. I can't even imagine that. I shouldn't even say that. I can completely imagine the phone call that came to John Davidson, who I believe is the president of the uh, Blue Jackets. But that, that sounds like I thought he was just fired by the Rangers. Coke, I may have that in my head wrong, but for some reason, I that was in my head. But the team president who gets that call has to get his whole team together before information gets out, even though it's the offseason try to figure out how to get support to the teammates who are spread all over the country, all over the world. And a 24-year-old man is now gone. And there's no coming back. I'm sorry that that happened. I'm sorry that I put it into the universe that it could happen. I'm sorry that a life ends like that. I wish nothing but the some sort of healing for his family, for the Columbus Blue Jackets organization. Rest in peace, Matisse. Okay, Coca, talk to me. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson's from the movie Half-Baked, which is a great movie to watch whether you're a quarter baked, seven eighths baked or fully baked, although you should watch it 50% baked because then that's the movie. And in that movie, people want to talk to Samson, get in my DMs on Twitter, David P. Samson. Hit follow, ask questions. A lot of you are doing it. Try to get to as many as I can. Sometimes I'll answer them directly back to you on DM. Sometimes I won't answer them at all because I don't see it or if I see it, I read it. I read like 95%, I think. That's probably accurate. So here was the question from, I don't remember what day. You've talked before about don't fire someone unless you have a replacement ready. On today's show, and I don't remember which show that was, of course, it sounded like you were advocating for Brian Cashman of the New York Yankees to be fired. Who's available? Who's better than Cashman? Because I'm also in that camp, but I can understand keeping him. He's got a great track record great track record. 
Well, thank you for asking that. So you want to talk to Samson question. Let's talk about the Yankees who are now one game over 500, struggling mightily. Everyone's trying to figure out what do you do? Do we put Stanton in the field? What do we do with Garrett Cole who can't get anyone out now that he can't use spider tack? What do we do with the role as Chapman? They're two all-star pitchers. Chapman who can't get anyone out recently. We talked about it. We've talked about Boone and Cashman constantly, but I want to talk about why you make a change in the middle of a season versus at the end of the season and different positions and when it's okay to change them. You know, I'm a big fan of changing managers at any time. What's the difference? Bring in another guy. Doesn't matter. They'll meet the players. Jack McKeon didn't know the name of half of our team when he came in in 2003, and we won a World Series. Some managers come in from your minor league system. You promote them. Sometimes you make your bench coach your manager. Sometimes you make your GM your manager. You can make anyone you want your manager. They come in. They can win. They can lose. At the end of the day, it's the front offices who are basically running the team. Say in the lineups, who's going to play when, hit where, pitch when, pitch where. That's the job of the president of baseball operations and his staff. As the president of baseball operations, you've got a bunch of departments below you, including the minor leagues. There's a head of scouting. There's the head of development, which is scouting is getting players into your system. Player development is making those players who were brought in by the scouts ready to become professionals at the major league level. You're, you are a professional when you play minor league baseball because you get paid, quote unquote, you're a professional. But when I say professional, I'm talking about being a big leaguer, being an MLB. You have an analytics department. That's the department that writes code, does all these proprietary programs, and then calls up the president of baseball ops and the president of the team and says, hey, we just put our codes into the machine and we think Stan should be batting second or a judge should be batting second, Stan should be batting fourth. So that's what we're going to do. Brian Cashman has been relying way more on analytics than he ever did when he first started. Everybody relies more on analytics now because it's gotten that much better and numbers don't lie. They can feel like they lie sometimes, but numbers don't lie. In the middle of a season, if you fired your head of the baseball department, would that cause a ruckus, a rompus? Would there be mischief going on? People swinging from branches and going to lands far, far away? No. If in the middle of the season, your president of baseball operations is gone, retires, resigns, or is fired, the heads of each department would report either to the team president, they'd report directly to the owner sometimes, they'd report to the assistant general manager, but generally in their silos, they would keep doing their job. And the reason I'm not opposed to a firing that would happen in season is that I want to start the process of identifying who's going to run the baseball organization next, even though I'll have it in my mind when I make the firing, who I want, who I want to interview, what profile, what demographic, what age, what skill set. But the baseball calendar is such that the off season is more important than the season for presidents of baseball operations. It's going to sound like heresy, but let me explain why I think that. During the off season, you are preparing for the next season. You are constructing your roster. You are working to figure out which players are going to be at the big level 
big league level. You are filling out your minor league roster. You're figuring out who to sign, who are minor league free agents, major league free agents. The majority of your trade signings, it all happens during the offseason. It is critical that you've got the right people in place when the offseason begins, and it is July 5th. Do you know when the offseason is? It's in three months. Now, it seems like next year baseball, we always say, hey, good luck next year. Hey, we'll get him next year. Hey, wow, he's really gotten bigger since last year. Ooh, he lost a lot of weight since last year. It's not a year. It's measured in months. If you're the Yankees and you know that you're not going to re-sign Brian Cashman and you know that he his contract runs out and that your team is underperforming to the point of night sweats and you realize that changes are going to be made, you start now. You start identifying people now and the sooner you have that position open, the sooner people will come to the forefront. How does that work? If you're an AGM for another team, let's say for the Rays or for the Red Sox or for other places where great young minds work, and you know that the Yankee job is open, you make it very clear that you are and want to be a candidate. People talk about tampering, how bad tampering is for the game. You shouldn't tamper with executives. Don't tamper with players. Tampering happens every day. You know that from being a nothing personal fan. Nah, if you're new, you don't. Tampering happens all the time. We tamper with players, we tamper with executives constantly because we wanna know if we're gonna trade for a player, will that player sign with us long-term? We wanna know if a player, what's going on inside his head in terms of injuries. We wanna know if an executive has an interest in coming to Miami or has an interest in taking over this department or that department. It's constant, it's normal. We're tampering with employees in the player development department. The single A manager at another organization, we're speaking to him during the course of the season. Hey, we likely are gonna have a double A opening. Are you ready? Do you, does your family wanna move to the middle of Ickvelt? How do you feel about that? So we're doing that, everyone's doing that. So there is no huge difference between off season, post contract, during the season, middle of the season, it's a matter of getting yourself and your company organized. Think about running a company that's not a sports team where it's a 12-month company, where there's no quote-unquote season. Even if it's a seasonal business, like you sell Christmas trees. It, the fact is, it's a 12-month business. You don't say to yourself, oh, I'm going to wait a few months. I'm going to wait a week. When you know what direction you want to go, you better start going there now because if not, you're going to get passed by your competitors. So your specific question said, but do you have to know the exact person who's going to replace him? No, often you do, but you don't need to know the exact person when you know you're going to make a change at the managerial level or at the GM level. You just know that you're going to make a change. Your business will continue to function. Your team will continue to function. There will be games at 7.05 every day. The analytics department will continue to pump out information for the Aaron Boone, the manager to use, for the president of baseball operations to use when he's evaluating trades. The amateur draft is coming up here shortly, and it's good to have the president of baseball ops in place for the amateur draft because he or she is the one making the final call. Sometimes, most times. Not every time. So no change is going to happen now. But after that draft, which is coming up, I think, the, when is the draft, Coca? This Sunday is my guess. But it may be 
did I miss? I didn't miss the draft, but it's coming up very soon. I know the Pirates have the number one pick and they're supposedly on the clock. But in any case, my answer to your question is it's coming up on July 11th. Wait a minute, that's this Sunday. This, I don't know what day that is. Yes, July 4th was a Sunday. July 11th is a Sunday. Wow, that was totally in our head, Coco. Way to go. Way to be in sync. So thank you for that question. You don't need to have a replacement ready. And I do believe the Yankees will be making that change. Today, if the Yankees want to make a change, there is a place where they could go to find candidates. It's called LinkedIn. Many small business owners are busier than ever because they are focused on managing and growing their business. They can't always spend the time they wish they could on recruiting. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to find and hire the best candidates for free. LinkedIn's got a network of over 740 million professionals. Coke, are you on LinkedIn? You should be. I'm just kidding. You're stuck with me, baby. LinkedIn Jobs will help you hire the right person for your role. And your first job post is free. Just visit linkedin.com slash Samson. Again, that's linkedin.com slash Samson. That's S-A-M-S-O-N. Post your first job for free. Don't you want to grow your business, grow your revenue, manage your expenses, win more games, sell more stuff? You need good people and you got to pay them well. LinkedIn.com slash Samson terms and conditions as usual apply. And I don't know the terms and I don't know the conditions, but the first job post it's free. There was a death in Hollywood. When we come back, we're going to review the top five Richard Donner movies of all time. He passed away at 91 years old yesterday, a great and famous, amazing director. We're going to review his top five or just give you his top five movies. And we're also going to talk about a Trevor Bauer situation that the Dodgers have to face and why it matters. We'll be right back. The 82 game preseason is in the books and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. From what you've seen so far, do you think there'll be a first-time winner of the NBA championship? If the Pacers, Clippers, Suns, Magic, Pelicans, or T-Wolves win, you win at plus 650. That's six teams to root for, six chances to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code SAMSON, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Hawaii, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
Welcome back to Nothing Personal. This is David Sampson. How are you? Thanks for making it through the gauntlet. Thanks for posting a job on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash Sampson. Thanks for being with us, rating, reviewing, following, telling your friends. That's really as a favor to me, although I love doing what we do here. I love that you listen and that you're loyal and that you watch on YouTube. Just subscribe to the YouTube channel. I don't want to force it the way Levitar does, at least not yet, and make you feel like not worthy if you don't do it or stupid or angry. Just hit, go to YouTube, go to the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Just hit subscribe. It matters. Thank you. Okay. So we review movies every day. I watch a movie every day. I did watch a movie yesterday, but I'm not going to review it because Richard Donner passed away. Richard Donner has always been one of my, I don't know if he's a top 10 because that's saying something, but I bet you he sneaks into the top 20 directors, top 25 directors. Died at 91. He Not a tragic death. When you live four and a half score, it's been a hell of a run. But it's the end. The end is always very sudden. He'd been sick for years. Yeah, but the very end. He was in a coma for a month. No, no. Talking about the very end was a big surprise. I don't actually know any of that. That's from Fletch. And it's funny. I want to give you the top five Richard Donner movies. And it's going to be controversial. But here we go. Number five. He directed the original Superman with Christopher Reeve and Gene Hackman. Back in 1970, I think I was 10 years old. I'm going to go 1978. Don't quote me, but you can GTS. If you're new to the show, Google that shit. Superman, number five, Richard Donner movie. Number four is a cult classic that I loved. If you have not checked out Josh Gad, get do a reunion with all cast members of the Goonies during the quarantine you should go check it out because it was amazing. He directed Superman and the Goonies. Sean Astin, Rudy. That's number four. Number three was a movie not loved by many, but appreciated by me. It's called Maverick. Not the guy who flies the fighter jets in Top Gun. Maverick, number three. Richard Donner didn't stop there. He directed all the Lethal Weapon movies, as far as I can remember, at least three of four or four or four. The original Lethal Weapon to me, that's the number two movie in his list of top five movies he ever directed. Do you remember how epic it was? Forget the fact that Mel Gibson is a total anti-Semite and I won't watch any more of his movies because he's just a bad guy. But back then, I didn't know that. And I watched it through the eyes of someone watching a buddy cop movie with Danny Glover and Mel Gibson, the likes of which you just don't see with a villain named Gary Busey, who was almost like a cartoon caricature of what he became. But back then, I had not seen him in that role. Lethal Weapon, number two. And my number one Richard Donner movie, you know how much I love Bill Murray. He did a movie that is not known as a top five Bill Murray movie, maybe not even a top 10 Bill Murray movie. For me, it is one of my favorite movies, not in my top 100, but one of my favorites called Scrooged. If you're only going to watch one Richard Donner movie to honor his life, watch the original Lethal Weapon. If you're going to watch two, please watch Scrooged. You will be shocked. It is based on... Uh, 
What is that based on, Coca? How could I possibly be blanking? It's got like the ghost of Christmas present, the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas future. It could be based on like a wonderful like or a life or a Christmas story or a Christmas carol. I can't remember. It's called Scrooge. Check it out. Don't watch his movies instead of watching baseball games. And don't be upset that I lost the nothing personal pick of the day. I cannot believe the Dodgers lost to the Marlins. We had it nailed. Bueller was supposed to have a great start against Trevor Rogers. Bueller was hittable. Trevor Rogers, the newly named all-star who got pranked. Did you see that video, Coca? Don Mattingly, the manager of the Marlins, called Trevor Rogers in to tell him he was going to double A or going to triple A. I guess Jacksonville is their triple A team now during the all-star break in order to get some extra work so he wouldn't be sitting for a, a large number of days. And Trevor Rogers, their best starter, was sort of incredulous, thought it could have been service time manipulation. But then Don Manning said, just kidding. You're going to Denver. You're an all-star. Hey, now, you're an all-star. Put your pants on. I don't think those are the words. They may be the words. Anyway, Trevor Rogers, the all-star. I thought Bueller, who was not named to the all-star game, would win that game easily. But of course, the Dodgers lost to the Fish 4-3. to We're down to 92-68. and we're still doing well. Yes, we are keeping track. There's something when you're in the playoffs, both in basketball and baseball. It's the NBA Finals starting tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern. It is Milwaukee against Phoenix. Giannis is doubtful for the game. Our wait to see yesterday was that Giannis would miss the first two games at least. The Phoenix Suns are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Five-and-a-half-point favorites in game one. But there's something when you are in the playoffs that you really don't want. And we always would tell the public we want it and we would tell our players we want it, but deep down we didn't and that's rest. There is something about momentum, there's something about routine, there's something about the grind that keeps you sharp mentally. It can be physically exhausting, but you've got adrenaline that carries you through, which is why it's super hard to repeat as champions because you're playing so long and then your adrenaline disappears when the season's over and you have to build it back up for the next season. It's not easy at all. The Phoenix Suns haven't played in five weeks. That's how long it's been since they won the Western Conference, whereas the Bucs just finished off the Hawks a couple days ago. Even without Giannis, the Suns are favored by too many. It's hard to rest that long and get back and get into your groove. I'm taking the Bucs as the pick of the day, plus five and a half. Everyone's going to take the Suns, right? And I feel like when everyone does something, go the other way because everyone can't be right. The only people who are ever right are the house and the bookies. Milwaukee. Plus five and a half. Okay. So we've covered the Trevor Bauer incident. We've covered it plenty. There's still way more to go. Trevor Roberts is in the... Trev, stop, Coca. We're going to do that again. Eight. Nine. 69. We've covered the Trevor Bauer incident significantly on Nothing Personal, quite a few episodes, but there is way more to cover. Trevor Bauer is on something called administrative leave, where for seven days he is basically away from the team, but getting paid while MLB investigates what happened. 
So they're going to try to talk to Bauer. They're going to try to talk to the woman he assaulted and beat up and choked out and then forcibly raped from behind. They're going to try to get to the bottom of all that and figure out what's next while Pasadena decides whether they're going to file a criminal and charge him criminally for what took place. Once the seven days is up and it'll be up this Friday, MLB has two choices. As you may recall from a previous Nothing Personal episode, they can reinstate him or they can go to the union and try to get an extension on the administrative leave. And you heard me tell you, and I tweeted it, not only is he going to be extended for this seven days, I don't see an end in sight for this paid suspension. Trevor Bauer cannot wear a major league uniform right now. It is wholly inappropriate for Major League Baseball to pretend it is the cultural hub of correctness and then look the other way when you have been accused the way Trevor Bauer has, which is not to say he's criminally guilty. He gets a trial to prove that. Actually, he gets a trial to have someone else prove that he's guilty. As you know, there's a presumption of innocence. But that doesn't mean when you are the Dodgers or MLB that you cannot do something before he's criminally charged, like not play him, like suspend him. Well, the Dodgers didn't act quickly enough. As a matter of fact, we criticized Dave Roberts, the manager, even though it wasn't Dave Roberts. So I apologize, Dave. I know that it was everyone above you. There's no way that you made the decision that he was going to pitch on Sunday, July 4th. He was supposed to and never did because he was placed on leave. Dave Roberts came out yesterday and said, yeah, I'm not sure Bauer's going to be back Sunday. Really? NSS. You know what that stands for, Coca. It starts with no and ends with Sherlock. So that's the end of the Trevor Bauer thing for now, right? Not exactly. The Los Angeles Dodgers are celebrating the 40-year anniversary of their 1981 championship. A player on that team was a pitcher named Dave Stewart. He was young at the time. You may know Dave Stewart as being famous for being an Oakland A, Cy Young world champion. Dave Stewart, you may know as someone who's been trying to buy a team. I negotiated with Dave Stewart. He wanted to buy the Marlins. Met Dave Stewart, spent a lot of time with Dave Stewart. He is a very thoughtful individual. He is very, he's a very big dog. Do you remember, remember, very big guy. I was going to say a bulldog. Do you remember when he was on the mound? You can go video and take a look if you've never heard of him. He had a scowl when he pitched that made him very scary. Played for Toronto, won a World Series in Toronto, I believe too. And uh, he had this scowl that made you feel scared. And then when he spoke, he had sort of a high-pitched voice. Such a gentle, gentle guy. Dave Stewart went public yesterday and was very clear. He said that there is no chance that he is going to participate in any Los Angeles Dodger activity because the Dodgers did not act quickly enough, they did not act smartly enough, and they are not doing enough to protect women. Dave Stewart has a bunch of sisters he knows a thing or two about wanting to be protective and the nightmare that is sexual abuse and sexual assault and violence against women. So Dave Stewart called up the Dodgers, called them out as an organization who doesn't care about anything but on-field results. And it got me thinking, and I think I may have tweeted at Coca, but I can't remember. 
or maybe I reply to someone's tweet, which I do from time to time. If the player was a marginal, had been a marginal player who was accused and pictures came out with the restraining order of a woman with a swollen lip and cuts and bruises, and that player was a mediocre player, guess what? Bye-bye. Release. The player was Trevor Bauer, the highest paid player in Major League Baseball, a productive pitcher, not a number one, but a number two, number three. The Dodgers are in a fight to win the division, trying to defend their title, be the first team since the Yankees. If you think the Dodgers don't want to repeat so they can be the team, first team since the Yankees in 98 through 2000 to repeat, then you don't know how competitive the owner of the Dodgers is. Mark Walters, you don't know how competitive Andrew Friedman is, the president of baseball operations. You don't know how competitive Stan Kasten is, the president of the Dodgers. Am I impugning their views of women? No. I am merely cataloging the consequence of their decision. And the most recent consequence of their decision to leave it in the hands of MLB not to take the right move faster is that the news cycle is continuing and it is their worst possible nightmare. They can be dismissive of Dave Stewart the way I would be if I were the president of the Dodgers around people with whom I worked. I'd say, ah, he was a rookie on the team. The show must go on. We did what we thought was right. We'd do it again. But the truth is, they know what they did was wrong. I've been in this position where I have to defend something I did that was wrong, and I defended it because I was in for a penny and in for a pound. It is much harder than you think when you are in public and when you are in the public eye and when people are criticizing you or applauding you or they are focused on everything you do. It is super hard to change direction. It's super hard to admit what you did wrong, and then to start doing it right. One of the things that I've learned to do better since I was let go in 2017 by Derek is that I've learned that many of the things I did while I was president, I'm not sure I would do them again the same way I did them. Faced with the same set of facts, I'd like to believe that I have a different perspective now. When I was in it though, I can't tell you that I would change any decision I made because I was in it and I didn't have the perspective of being out of it. And when you're in it, you think the world revolves around you. You think that your shit doesn't stink. You think that everyone is criticizing you, not because you're wrong, because they want to be you. They want to be the team president or the GM or a player. You get so wrapped up in the title and in the power, the perceived power that you think that you do it right. And when you think you've done something right, you convince yourself you've done it right. That's the interesting part, that people can convince themselves even when they're wrong, even when presented with evidence that they were wrong. They can convince themselves they're right using confirmation bias. Hey, what I knew about the situation, I couldn't just suspend him. Hey, there was a collective bargaining agreement. I had to have MLB put him on administrative leave. Hey, I know that I could have not pitched him, but that would have been unfair to the him, to the fans, to the other players. You can find a way to convince yourself of 
anything when you are running a team. I want to tell you, Dave Stewart, that I respect you calling out the Dodgers, and I know what they're doing right now inside those front offices. They are figuring out, uh uh-oh, what do we do now to move on? And the odds are they don't talk about it anymore. They want to bury it so far because when you bury something, you can pretend it never existed. Of course, when you're running a team, you have the underlying issue that is always pervasive, always in the front of your head. God, I need to win games because it's just business. This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.